A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. Here are your hosts, Dan Hansen and Betsy Thompson. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Betsy. Good morning, Dan. Happy February Saturday, February in Michigan. I mean, yeah, that is one of the months that everybody writes home about, right? Um, well, this one's been fairly, I don't know, mild. Yeah, it's been mild, but February was one. Of, it's one of those blah months, isn't it? Yes, March, because it's just something kind of happening, gray you know? and yuck. April, yay, and then May, and, uh-huh. and then you know, but except, February. Except last year when it just did nothing but rain. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm talking on a general basis. Yeah, general basis. I think of all the months. Yeah. I'm going to vote February my least favorite. Yeah, the end for of weather reasons. I get it. It's blah. It, but yes, what is not bit. blah? Uh huh. Is what we bring to the table every single week, right? Oh, good grief! <laughs> Sometimes it's blah. <laughs> <laughs> there have been a couple. Um, we haven't had one of those in a while. Are no, you saying I, we're going to make this one one? <laughs> we're shooting for a true February episode, as blah uh, as the weather. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, this one's going to be good. Yeah. We've got some fun stuff. We're going to talk about pink slime in our toilets. Yeah, because, because it happens. It happens, and we've actually got that in our studio toilet. Yeah, I noticed that. It, the whole bathroom in our studio area yes. needs to be clean. Well, we need to pick something to start with, and we're going to start with the toilet. Yeah. Yes, get so rid of the pink slime. We're going to figure out what it is. Yeah. And if you've got that at home, you're going to want to listen up, because we're going to help you solve that problem. We're also going to be talking to Mike Ballou from New Look Painting mm-hmm. about some misperceptions, misconceptions. Misconceptions about painting contractors. There are some things that people think they know when they're hiring a painting contractor, and he's going to dispel some of those myths and tell you why what you think might not be true. Dispelling the myths. Uh-huh. And this isn't really a myth, but this is one of those those issues that, that plague a lot of people. Mm-hmm. In fact... Really, there there are two household issues that occur that there's a, a wide ranging debate okay. and a heated debate. Okay, What's one the first of them, one? of course, is which way does the toilet paper oh, roll hang? Yes, right. Yes, which way? I saw a funny thing that said, like they they made it out like it was a face, like uh-huh. the roll was a face, yeah. and the paper coming down was like a beard, and that's good. Well, I think- but when it rolls over the back, it's like a mullet. Which is bad. <laughs> so that's funny. That is funny. Um, toilet paper used to be printed. I don't know if they still do it, but for the longest time, printing you could, like for like reading? paper. No, like paper towels. Oh, you I went get a, a whole bad it. direction. Oh, so it had a pattern. <laughs> yeah, it was printed with a pattern, like your paper Why? towels would be. I don't know. It it was a while back, but the printing uh, was, was crazy on time. so that when the toilet paper would come over the front side, you would have the printing oh. there. Like for doing crossword puzzles and stuff? <laughs> no. It's Just a for pattern. decoration. Yes. Okay. Okay, moving on. Don't understand that. Yeah. But hey, we'll hang with it. Okay, moving on to the, the second thing. The other one yeah. is the receptacles. Oh. Which way do those go? Especially yeah. the ones with the ground. You know, yeah. not the two pronged. Yeah, the two pronged. Hmm. But the one with that third little circle, the yes. ground. The it's one like... that makes it look like a little face. <laughs> yes, the happy face. Right. Does or the, the ground does the ground go up or does the ground go down? You know, should it look like a little Mm -hmm. face or should it look like a little face upside down? Right. Which is the right way? Well, technically, there isn't really 
a right or wrong way. There are some theories out there, like the one about the ground pin being up because if the plug happens to start to come loose and a metal object were to fall, which I guess happens in like hospitals and nursing homes and things like right. that. Metal objects just are dropping <laughs> out of the sky in those uh, places. Apparently. It's so, like a death trap. Right. So you want the ground to be up so that when the metal hits it, you're not connecting that current. Right. I read somewhere on an electrical blog or a uh, forum mm-hmm. where they were talking about how way back when there were tons of metal switch plates. Right. However, now and then they would come loose. And if oh, the plug has come yeah. loose, it could swing and connect with the hot side of the uh, the plug. And you don't want that. So right. the idea was, oh, if that prong is up there, it's going to catch the ground and you're not going to have any problems. That was one theory. Yeah. The other one um, for the ground pin being up, they say that, you know, that's a little bit longer pin and that there's a lot more plastic around it. So it's a little bit meatier. So mm-hmm. it's going to help keep that plug in place so that it doesn't wiggle itself loose. Right. Now, then you got a bunch of other people who make the case for why it should be down. Right. And one of those is that when it comes loose or when you're unplugging it, the person grabbing the outlet's going to grab it with their index finger, you know, at the bottom side of the plug. Right. And your index finger's longer. No. My index finger is shorter. Than your thumb? It's longer than my thumb. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what you're talking about. But you're, the idea is that as you grab underneath there, your finger right. could come in contact with the flat prongs, which right. one of them is hot. Yeah. And if the uh, ground is down there, you're going to come in contact with that and not have a problem. Is that really the case? I really yeah, don't know. When we really dug into it, it, it seemed that there really just is no consensus and no real firm idea as to which is the right way. You know, there no. are some interesting things. We've had electrician friends from service professor. Mm-hmm. They talked about ground should be up. Right. That was the original intent for yeah. safety purposes. Right. But... They conceded that a lot of people don't do it that way. It's very uncommon to see them installed that way, except in federal buildings and hospitals. Right. Like GFCI outlets have that little test and reset button, and they're always printed so that you would read it with the ground pin down. So, of course, you're going to install it that way. Otherwise, you're reading upside down. So which way is the right way? Turns out there doesn't seem to be one. The National Electrical Code doesn't call for one or the other. You're fine either way. The big thing is to double check with local codes because there could be some stipulations there. And also just consider what you're practically using that receptacle for. There are certain immediate turn plugs. Think of your refrigerator or things like that. Your washer or your dryer. Right, where the cord goes straight down Mm -hmm. You know, from the uh, plug. You do not want to have that with the ground up in most cases because that's going to force the cord up and and then have it go back down again, which can be stressful on the cord and cause problems in the end. So some of it is just common sense. Yeah. But the big thing is if all of your little smiley faces are upside down, that doesn't necessarily mean anything's wrong. You can just (laughs) roll with it that way. So what have we really accomplished? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) But we did tell you how toilet paper is supposed to hang. Exactly. And that's at least one problem solved. Right. That's what we're here for. Now, let's get to another problem, and that's how to hire the right contractor every single time. Right. And to get us there, we're going to be in the studio with Mike Ballou from New Look Painting, coming up just around the bend. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. I'm we Dan are. Hansen. And I'm Betsy Thompson. 
and <laughs> wow, which one of okay, us is going to talk? Rock paper scissors. Lizard Spock. Oh yes, that's the Big Bang Theory <laughs> it thing. It is. I love that show. Anyway, anyway. I'll go first. How okay. about that? Okay, We're in the ahead. studio with Mike Ballou from New Look Painting. You're the owner of New Look Painting, correct, Mike? Yes, I am. And you've got probably the my most favorite last name that I've heard in a long time. Ballou. Well, it's fun to say, and it's crazy <laughs> to spell. Spell it for the listeners once. It's B E A U. L-I-E-U. Right. It's just like a whole, it's like alphabet soup uh-huh. right there. And it's yes. pronounced Baloo like the bear. Correct. Correct. From yeah. Jungle Book. From Jungle Let's Book. Let's put that out there in case people don't know oh, who Baloo is. people know who Baloo is. Well, we hope, but you never know. Anyway, owner of New Look Painting, how long have you guys been around? Been like, around for 12 years now. Okay. Wow. Servicing, how, where do you go exactly? West Michigan area, how far? Yeah, the West Michigan area. We're based out of Grand Rapids. Um, we do a lot of work up and down the lake shore. Okay. So it's really that whole West Michigan area. All right. Oh, that's perfect. Well, one of the things that I thought was really interesting uh, in, you've been working with, is it Eric? One of our sales rep, Eric, Eric Correct. Yes. Yep. Eric's been on the show before. Yes, he has. Yeah, We've he always, made fun of him. He always has a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. But uh, in talking with Eric and in talking with you a little bit, one of the things that came out that I thought was really fun is that you have this little booklet or pamphlet that you've put together that goes to your customers when they're considering or when they hire you. How does that work? Is it? Yep, at both times. Okay. Um, when they schedule um, a time for the uh, appointment, um, we'll send them out this this free little guide, eight things that you must know before hiring a painting contractor. Mm-hmm. And then we also send it again when we send over the quote as well. And it's really good. You know, I shouldn't yeah, be. Yeah, it know, is. It's not like I'm surprised. Well, I've never seen anything quite like it. I've never known any painter who gives out this kind of information like, hey, before you hire me, Mm -hmm. consider all of these things. Because, I mean, you guys know that people generally ask more than one painter. You know, they ask you for a quote, and they're probably going to ask somebody else. So this is really a great thing to help people kind of... Well, to figure it out, but also just because hiring a contractor is something that a lot of us don't do on a regular basis. No. And it gets complicated. We're trying to make the right choice. We're bringing somebody into our home. There's so many things to consider And that's what we want to talk about and dig into. Now, one of the things before we even jump into, and we can't get to the whole booklet, so we'll probably have you back from time to time. It's hefty. Yeah. (laughs) But we do plan to hit just some of the the common misconceptions that people have about painting contractors. We're going to start with that. But Mm -hmm. before we get to that, there's something interesting you were talking about in the studio, just about how hiring a painting contractor is different than just buying a TV or something like that. Why don't you talk about that just briefly to get us going? Yeah, absolutely. You know, people go into hiring a painter or just hiring a a contractor for different services around their house the same way as though they're buying a TV or shopping for a car. The the idea is is that a manufacturer has, has made a product you can see the product, you can look at the product, you can touch the product, mm-hmm. um, and then clients are really shopping around for the best price of that uh, of that product that they see. Mm-hmm. But a painting contractor, hiring a painting contractor, is absolutely different because you're buying something that you haven't even seen yet. Right. Um, and so with that, there's different questions, there's different things that you should know. There's a, a whole different way to look at it when you hire a painting contractor. And so one of the misconceptions is that, you know, you, you get three bids and you just go with the middle one. Well, if you really... Which I have to stop you and say, that is actually what I think we said once. We did this. We talked yes. about this once. And that's one of our things. So 
help us figure out where we're wrong. Let's, <laughs> let's figure this out. Because that was interesting to me. Yeah, well, the, the concept with that is that all three painters are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And right. you're just shopping for which one's the best price. The same idea as I talked about with buying a TV. Um, but with painters, not all painters are the same. Um, there's a different level of customer service with every painter that you hire. Um, they use different products. Um, they have different workmanship um, that they're that they're going to perform on your project, and so all those things really come into play. So if you really had the opportunity, you could have three painters come on in, say, "Here's a, a room for each one of you. Um, take me from start to finish with with your service, the products you're going to use, and just do it. And then when you're done, you could examine the results of each one, and then and then accurately pick out which contractor that you would want to do your job. That would be the ideal world. <laughs> Wouldn't that be pretty awesome? Yes. You paint this room, you paint this room, and you paint this room. And the person who makes dinner for my family gets the job, right? <laughs> but it doesn't That's work nice that way. Bonus. You don't get that opportunity. Nope. And so how do you figure that out? Like you said, everybody's got different workmanship. How do I figure that out when I start talking to people? Well, some of the things that you should look at is is asking about how long the company has been around. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the misconceptions also with that is that if the company's been around for a long time, that they must be a good company. Mm-hmm. Once again, that's another one of those things that's not always true. Um, a lot of painters have have one time was, was given a brush and given a bucket, told to, to go paint something, and that's the way that they've painted it for 20 years. And that doesn't mean that, that they've been using the right product, they've been using the right nap roller, the right brushes, in order to get to the finish that we're really looking to achieve. I think that's, that's a really good point, and yeah. it doesn't mean that they're wrong either. Right. But it doesn't, I guess what you're getting at Correct. is the, the time frame doesn't mean that, okay, that's the stamp of quality. It's it's a good point. Hey, they've been around this long. That is something to consider. Yes. Right. But that's not the end all. No. And I think what's interesting is back to that first one too. When we did talk about getting multiple quotes, mm-hmm. one thing we did stress is making sure that the quotes are are apples to apples that you're comparing yeah. the same thing because right. there are opportunities where somebody gives you a just a blanket quote, you know, paint your room this much money. And then another person gives you a quote that says, we're going to put two coats of finish. We're going to do the primer. We're going to do, you know, and they list mm-hmm. it out. You right. need to make sure that you're getting the same thing compared and not just looking, well, this one's way more than this one. Well, the first one that's right. less might not be doing half of the stuff. And that's what you're talking about, right? That's yeah, part of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Getting that type of information beforehand, making sure that are the closets going to be included? What products are they going to be putting on those surfaces? Um, you know, what, what the time frame of that project is, um, because you can run into a situation where um, a painter is, is overloaded, so they come out to your house for just a couple of hours just to make an appearance, mm-hmm. and then they take off at lunchtime and they shoot off to another job. You don't know about that, and now a job that should have just taken a couple of days now gets extended into two, three weeks because uh, the guy's just kind of doing it on the side. And so it's good to make sure that you know when the job gets started, are the painters going to be there from start to finish? on that job. Or Do are... painters generally tell you how long it's going to take? This part, I, I don't know. Do they say, you know, I'm looking at this and, you know, here's my bid. It's going to take me three days to do this or a week to do this. Is that something that you tell them? 
We absolutely do okay. um, because we like to schedule everything out mm-hmm. based on the workflow that we have. I mean, we can be um, easily on, on interior repaint projects, um, two to three months uh, booked out there. And so we want to make sure that we're giving um, each client accurate start date, especially that client that, that's two months out. So right. if I say we're going to start on this date, I want to make sure that we're going to be able to deliver on that promise mm-hmm. because that client is preparing their home, preparing their life for that time that that work is going to be performed. I'm getting all right. those baked goods ready for you guys, right? Absolutely. I'm sure you just walk <laughs> in and everything's ready. We go from them making us dinner to us making them baked goods. How did that happen? I don't know. It just sounded like <laughs> something that I... That's how my brain works, Betsy. Well, maybe the... I am so hungry right the now. The smell of cookies will, about. you know, hide the smell of fresh paint. Of course, maybe some people like that smell. Some people do. Mm-hmm. So the first misconception, just to recap, because I kind of bounced around. Yeah. Is that it's not always just straight up the, the best idea to just get three quotes and go with the middle one. You've right. got to make sure that you're comparing the same things and that you're asking questions about time frame, about materials used, coats applied, what yes. prep work is done. You know, when are you going to get in? All when are you going to be able to get out? And the second one is to not just give this rubber stamp of approval to mm-hmm. a company that's maybe been around for a long time. And on the inverse, I would assume, not just to rubber stamp somebody that's just new at it, necess- technically, Absolutely. as somebody who you don't want to use. Well, yeah, because a new company could be an offshoot. Someone finally ventures out on their own. They were working for this very seasoned painter, and they said, hey, I'm going to go start my own company. I mm-hmm. can do this. I have the skills now to yes. start out on my own. And so don't discount them because they may have more skills than you know. A lot of that has got to be just assessing the interactions when you talk to them, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's what you've got to go on. Well, you're going to have somebody in your home and you want to feel comfortable about who that person is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so asking those questions, making sure that they understand you know, exactly what you're trying to achieve because there's also different scenarios to where... Um, um, it's going to be a little different if you're just looking to sell your house and you need to get a couple of rooms taken care of versus you just bought this house and you want things to just be set up right so you don't have to worry about it for the next you know seven to ten years. Right. So take the time to dig into it and yeah, just see once we had somebody mm-hmm. once that we were talking to about I think it was hiring a builder, but mm-hmm. this applies to any contractor. And I remember that particular interview we talked about just the importance of can I communicate with this contractor? Do we communicate well together? Because again, whatever the contractor is doing in the home, they're in your home, like you just said, Mm -hmm. Mike, and you want the best results. And that's going to happen when we both can communicate. When they listen, the contractor listens, and when I'm able to say what I'm wanting, Mm -hmm. and also that I can understand when they're talking to me. I'm you know, we're picking up exactly what the other one's right. putting down. Absolutely. Look at that. Picking up what I'm putting wow. down. What I'm going to put down right now is that we're going to have to take a break. Uh-huh. And we have several more of these misconceptions that we want to talk to. Mike, can you hang with us over the break? Yeah, absolutely. Did I communicate that clearly? You, you, you sure did. <laughs> you get a gold star for the day. I get a gold star for the day, uh-huh. and I'm going to go get some cookies. Right. We'll be back in the studio with Mike Ballou from New Look Painting in just a minute. Stay tuned. I stuck the landing on that one. Hey. <laughs> If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the RepcoLite Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. Yes. And unfortunately, I was unable to secure any cookies. cookies. I noticed that. 
Yeah, the I, table is empty. I know. I and us... Mike is very disappointed, I think. Mike Blue. Yes. B, I'm going to spell it from memory. Oh, no. This is about B- to be a train wreck. E A U L is in Larry. Uh huh. I E U. That Did is I correct. You know what? Another easy way to remember that is is the beginning B E A U is yeah. the beginning of beautiful and oh, Lou boy. in lieu of place. So the last name is Beautiful Place. <gasps> and just yeah, so happens cool. I'm in the painting industry to make your home beautiful. Wow. Well, and he's in the room where I'm at. So, oh, good grief. <laughs> beautiful Place seems to be the thing. Uh-huh. I know my children, that's what they've named every room I'm in. There's a sign that we transport. Wherever I go, they really? just set it there. Yes, dance so, children. I would like to know no, if don't this is it's, true it's because it seems very false. It's technically not true <laughs> in certain senses, but in some senses, in it every is. Sense, let's just I'm move guessing. on with the show. We're in the studio with Mike <laughs> Baloo. Great spelling, <laughs> yes, and a fun to say last name, yes. From New Look Painting, you're the owner of New Look Painting. That is correct. You guys cover the West Michigan area, up the Lake Shore, and you've been doing it for 12 years or so. Yep. There's a hair floating. It's a dog hair. Imagine I just snagged that. it out of the air. That's what happens when we have Spider-Man-like dogs. reflexes. Right. Anyway, one of the things, well, what we've been trying to focus on and talk about are just the, the complications that happen when we try to hire a contractor. Yeah. And I guess to complications is maybe the wrong way to say it. It's a struggle sometimes mm-hmm. because you are inviting somebody into your home and sometimes for a lengthy stay... Right. And boy, you want to get the right person, the right, you know, somebody with the right abilities. You don't want to pay too much if you can help it. You know, there's so many things that we juggle. Right. And we don't do it on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So Mike's dishing out some, uh, what, help? Yeah, I would say so. He's talking about the misconceptions that people have when you're hiring a painting contractor. Right. So we went through a couple of them. We kind of, Mike's got a booklet that goes out to customers when... They hire them for a job or when they're considering. It's yeah. eight things you must know before hiring a painting contractor. We'll put a link in our show notes, yes. I believe, Mike, to a place where they can get that themselves and take a look at it. Absolutely. It's really good information. And, yeah, we've gone through basically the first chapter is kind mm-hmm. of what we're focused on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe the second chapter. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But we've condensed a few of the points. Let's yeah. get to the next one. Mike, what is another misconception that happens all the time? Uh, another one is is that you know the client thinks that they might be able to save some money by buying their own product. Mm-hmm. Oh, this comes up all the time. It does. People ask about that in the store. They say, "Can I hire the painting contractor and, and then, then buy, buy the product myself?" And yeah, let's talk about that because I don't technically, you know, I know what I think is the right answer, but yeah, you I never come know what from the them. field. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tell us. Well, there's so many different types of paint, and not all paint is created equal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a, a professional painter really understands what those differences are between the products, because there may be one product that I would recommend using in your living room, which would be a different product that I would recommend using in the bathroom. And so having an educated uh, painter be able to help guide you through that, um, um, those choices, mm-hmm. um, it, it'd be better to have the painter pick up what's going to be best um, as opposed to kind of walking down the aisle aimlessly and, and grabbing a random gallon off the shelf. Now, what about this then? Because when, when people do stop at Repcolite, that's generally not how it goes. We'll walk them through what, you know, what we would recommend and, you know, we'll get them. A good product, but I would still think that there's this this potential issue that, as a contractor, you know, you 
you use certain products. You find products you like for the most part that you feel comfortable, that you know back and forth, right? Correct. So when somebody, even if it's a good product, and they got the right product technically for that project, it still might not be one that you're as familiar with, potentially, right? Correct, correct. Um, One thing that that we do is we like to demo out a product before we ever introduce that into a client's home. And so we start to understand how this product flows, how it lays out, what are the leveling properties of it, what type of nap roller should we be using with it. And then we get really comfortable with using that product because we know we can deliver a certain level of finish um, to the client for that. Um, And so other products may have a little bit of a learning curve in order to get that same level of finish. And Mm -hmm. so having that painter purchase what they're very comfortable with, what's going to be the right product for that surface, um, would would get you the best finish possible. Well, and I think that's got to make, you know, as a contractor, that would make me more comfortable, too. I'm working because my work is going to be held Mm -hmm. to... You know, the standard that I expressed in in meeting with the customer in the first place, I really want to use everything that I'm used to working with in order to get us there. You know, if I'm making dinner for people, (laughs) I don't particularly want them to buy the stuff. Right. Right? Well, yeah. Because my kids might cheap out on me and I'm still (laughs) expected to produce. Or my wife might be expected to produce amazing things. Right. But if we cheap out on the ingredients. Well, and I have to assume that if you've never worked with a product and you don't know how it acts and you have allotted a certain amount of time for the job and then suddenly you know they go buy something else in this red color and they didn't buy it from a good place perhaps and now you're up to eight coats of red yeah Yeah. red is a great example because benjamin moore's aura will cover generally speaking two Two coats coats. whatever color over whatever color that's the concept sometimes you have to use a a foundation Uh, coat to get you there But making that switch, you know, if a contractor is using this product and he knows it will cover and hide, but you buy something else that's just, it's a good product, Mm -hmm. but maybe in that particular color it won't. Right. Anyway, so the idea would be work with your contractor, don't necessarily run out and just buy your stuff thinking you're going to save money, because it might not save you money in the long run anyway. That's right. Right. Absolutely. And you might not get the quality that you were looking for in the very beginning. Right. So what other ones do you have? The last point that I wanted to talk about is having the contractor be fully insured. Now, there are two types of insurance that every contractor should carry. One is liability insurance, and the other is workman's comp. Okay. Um, the liability insurance covers any damages that may occur at your home as a result of the contractor. And the worker's comp covers the employees from um, any personal injuries that, that may occur while they're at your job site. What if somebody isn't covered and they are injured? How does that all shake out? Well, that could really open up the uh, homeowner to a lawsuit um, from that individual. And so it's really... So this is a big deal. It's a very big deal. Um, You know, painting is is one of those professions that's very easy for individuals to get into, um, but they don't have that adequate insurance coverage in order to protect that homeowner. And so asking those type of questions, avoiding any future headaches, future lawsuits, uh, it's important that you're hiring a reputable painting company that does carry both types of insurance. Yeah, because you see on cards all the time where they say fully insured, but I think people just assume that that means that they're covered from anything that happens, but who knows if that person really carries 
two different types right. of insurance. That, I didn't know there were two types. Right. That fully insured thing, that's not a good thing. Not a, I mean, on a card. That's not, we're not right. saying that's right. good or bad. It's, right. it's neither one. So if you have a card with that on it, that's fine. But what we are saying is that as, as people hiring contractors, Make sure don't just both. assume that that means both. Right. Do a little digging, right? I think that's that's the main gist of all of this mm-hmm. is do a little digging. Don't just assume based on years of experience or, you know, all of those different things. Ask questions. Get to know the people that you're bringing into your home. Talk to the contractors. You don't mind that. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. You're trying to get a read on the people as well, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And it actually goes back to your point when you were talking about comparing apples to apples. That would be one of those apples to apples to compare um, with, with every quote that you get. Right. What does fully insured mean to you? Betsy. It means that anyone who steps foot in my house has both kinds of insurance. And I guess that's another thing to think about. You know, there are things where someone hires someone who hires someone to do the work. You know, it's just how it shakes out because you have a big project going. Make sure that the end result person working in your home is fully insured because your first point of contact might be fully insured. Make sure the last contact is fully insured. Is this as hard to find out as it seems? No, we can dig right and find these answers. You can just ask the people when they walk in, right? <laughs> a, a couple of quick questions that makes it really easy is asking if they have both liability and workers' comp. And another great question would be is if they have employees or if they use subcontractors. Perfect. Um, and then that can lead into further questions. Mike, if anybody in our listening audience wants to contact you for maybe ask some questions, maybe just get some more information, maybe they're looking at having a painting job done in their home. How do they get in touch with you at New Look Painting? Yeah, there's there's two easy ways to do it. You could give us a call at 616-532-3300, or you can visit us at our website, which is www.paintgr.com. Oh, that is super simple. Yeah. You got lucky to get that one. Thank you. And Paintgr.com. Hey, I want to say, Mike was showing us a copy of his newsletter that he sends out to all of his customers. It's a once a month uh, yes. kind yep. of thing. So I you... cannot recommend enough <laughs> that you sign up for that because it's a it good is newsletter. A really, you have a recipe on there. You have some projects. You have some ideas. Food that Mike would like you to prepare <laughs> if he's going to stop by. <laughs> exactly. See, everyone will be ready. <laughs> and they can do that on your website, right? Uh, absolutely, yes. All right. Mike Ballou from New Look Painting, thanks so much for being here. Thank you very much. Now, when we come back, we're tackling the pink slime in your toilet. And no matter what it is, we're going to tell you how to fix it. Thank goodness. That's next. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. All right, Betsy. Uh huh. I am sure, you know, in retrospect. Yeah. You know, I know this is probably going to come as a surprise to you, but sometimes <laughs> I say things and then I think about them. And then I realize that maybe my first plan. <laughs> Wasn't always the best. Or that what just came out of your mouth was really oh, yeah. not what you made. What I intended, intended or what was the smartest way to go. Yeah. All of those things. I think back on how we started this program. Uh-huh. And nor- you know, normally the last segment is one that you kind of reserve that's something really fun. Right. Because you want people to hang around through the right. whole show. Mm-hmm. And what we build throughout this whole episode <laughs> is talking about pink slime in your toilet. You well, know? 
but so that's what we're hoping that. that people are going to hang around for. You know, I could go to the mall. I could go get in line for that movie. I could do these fun things with your children. But Dan and Betsy are going to talk about the pink slime in the toilet. But hold and on. And we want to hear what that's about. I'm guessing that there are a number of people who have wondered at different occasions, either in your own bathroom or you've used a bathroom elsewhere that had that very funny pink ring just above the waterline. And you go, what is that? What is that? Yes. Yeah. I wonder how many questions or how many times that question is asked in the bathroom when staring into the toilet. I don't ask it out loud, but I ask it in my head. Oh, really? <laughs> what is well, that? <laughs> I've been wondering that because our bathroom, our bathroom here in the studio <laughs> has that same thing. Yeah. And yeah, it's really gross looking. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it's not as bad as we thought it is, but it's really not all that great either. Right. I'm going to let you say the scientific name. Well, it can be caused by one of two things. Let's throw that out there first. Caused by, oh, the the, The, the pink ring. The pink ring. It could be mineral deposits from your water. So Mm -hmm. that's one thing. It could also be a colony of airborne bacteria. And I have no idea how to say that name. Sriracha. Sure. Marcessons. Yeah. We don't know how to say it. We're not scientists. No. We're paint people. Right. So we're we're doing our best to talk about pink slime in your toilets. The colony of airborne bacteria. Yes. Yeah. That alone should tell you everything you need to know. (laughs) It's a colony of airborne bacteria. That's never a great thing. No. And this particular one, while it's not terrifyingly scary, it's not like the Black Plague is living under the under the no, lid. No. But it is a bacterium that's known to cause pneumonia, mm-hmm. wound infections, and urinary tract infections in hospitals. Yeah, the places which you I want assume, to be sterile yes. is where you really don't want this. And it isn't difficult to kill. That's the really great thing about it. It's just you need to stay on top of it so that you don't have it coming back. And the crazy thing about this is crazy. Well, you wonder where it comes from. Tell me the crazy thing from. about the pink slime. I do wonder where it, it comes, comes from. It comes from soil and dust. So that's why it's more prevalent in like the spring and summer after the snow is gone, because then that dust in the soil is all over our shoes and it's floating in through windows. Well, it also thrives on moisture and phosphates. Hence the toilet. Wh- well, and which is why you often find it in soapy showers or on the soap dish itself. Yeah. That I've also that can before. be a real Petri dish of joy <laughs> once this sets in. And as Betsy right. said, this is typically a summer thing, but it can happen all year round. Yes. So if you're thinking, oh, shoot, I'm going to have to wait till summer. Mm-hmm. No, that's not the case. No. You might get lucky and yeah. find it in the winter. Well, And if you yeah. do find it, let's talk about how you fix it. And as you mentioned, Betsy, there's two different potential issues. Yes. And you would fix them similarly, but not exactly the same. Right. The first way to fix the bacteria-borne one is just with a simple toilet bowl cleaner that has chlorine in it. Just put it in there, let it sit for a few minutes so it kills all the bacteria, Mm -hmm. and then just scrub with a toilet brush and you're good to go. Right. Now, if you've got city water, the chlorine in the water naturally will often take care of this, and you might Mm -hmm. never have this to deal with at all. Except maybe in guest rooms or somewhere where the water in the bowl could sit for a while and the chlorine right. dissipates. Mm-hmm. That's when you could see it there. Right. If you've got well water, buckle up. Yeah, be- You've seen it already. <laughs> now you just know what it is. Right. Well, you if you have well water, it might be mineral stains. True. It could be that. And those are things like uh, magnesium, iron, and copper that will give you that pink or orangey ring in your toilet. And they're a little bit more difficult to get rid of. Mm-hmm. You need to use some lemon juice and vinegar. And because those won't stick to the inside of your toilet bowl, you actually have to mix those into a paste with some borax. Borax. 
Yes. I absolutely it sounds powerful. <laughs> I love that name. Borax. Uh-huh. I mean, that is some it heavy sounds duty like cleaner. Thor coming through with a hammer. <laughs> An axe. Yeah, it's like Borax. it's like a character out of Lord of the Rings just uh-huh. busted into your bathroom to <laughs> go to town on your to dirt. get rid of your mineral deposits. Yeah, yeah. Mister Clean, back up. Borax is here and he's ready to work. <laughs> right, right. Yes. So, so you take this borax. Yes, with your uh, lemon juice and your vinegar, mix a paste, put it in the toilet bowl. The key to this is you need to let it sit overnight so the acid can really eat into well, all of those deposits. Takes away from the power of borax. Well, I kind of made it out that it was like but now he's got to work a whole night well maybe the, he's an aged and elderly borax doing the cleaning necessarily it's just carrying the chemicals yes it's carrying the acid the, the, the acid in the right so once you let it sit overnight just scrub the bowl like you normally would and yeah. it should be clean probably going to want an orange cone sitting on top of that uh, toilet seat to yeah. alert the family that borax is busy doing his thing down there cool. use the secondary bathroom uh-huh so those are the different things that you could find in your toilet the pink slime yes. that you could find right and how to take care of it and you might find it in a shower or around a soap dish or things mm-hmm. like that same ways to fix it Right. You could just use a little bit of bleach and water. Right. You don't have to use toilet bowl cleaner on your shower. (laughs) No. Well, it might smell good. I mean, I don't know what they put in toilet bowl cleaner. I'm not sure you want to use it in the shower. No. Remember those little stick ons, those little gel stick ums? Yeah. Yeah. I remember those. Yeah. I remember sitting at home. You know, I was watching the children. Yeah. I think my wife was home too. So this wasn't just a me doing a bad thing. <laughs> Children do everything and, and they kind of do dumb stuff a lot of well, the times. You know, but we had those, they had just come out and whoa, slap yeah. that little sucker right on the bowl. And right. every time you flush, the cleans the bowl. Yeah. yeah. So sitting in the living room watching television and Caleb, mm-hmm. he was very young at the time, comes out of the bathroom licking his fingers saying, so minty, so <gasps> minty. No. Yeah. I said, oh, did you brush your teeth? Yes, from the toilet. <laughs> yes, then I spent the next hour on the phone with poison control. Oh, that is Turns terrible. out he was fine. Yeah. I don't recommend eating those. No. I don't even know if they make them anymore. I don't Probably know. too many kids thought them. they looked delicious. <laughs> that could be. God, that looks like a gummy bear uh-huh. stuck on the toilet bowl. Yeah. My luck. Right at my level. Oh, that's so disgusting. Anyway. Anyway, if you want to prevent these things, there is a really... Oh, there was more? Yeah. I thought we were wrapping up. No, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I had one last little <laughs> I thing. I prattled on and on. Well, because not everyone wants it to come back. I mean, they don't want to have to go and scrub every time. <laughs> Most people don't. <laughs> well, I I can't wait so. till that st- slime comes back. Right. To prevent that from happening, To prevent Betsy. it, you just need to get a toilet bowl cleaner that has chlorine and some sort of acid, especially if you have the mineral deposits. You put it on the inside of the bowl, let it sit for five to ten minutes. That's going to help it actually start working and work a little bit longer, and then clean it with the toilet bowl You want to be very careful when you clean a toilet bowl. You don't want to etch that porcelain. Right. Doing that with yeah. a, you know, a, a cleaner that's abrasive, abrasive or using a scrubby of some sort mm-hmm. and lots of gloves. Right. If that's <laughs> yeah. abrasive, you could etch that porcelain and give these things Something a better foothold. Right. If that could be used. Right. That's all the time we've got. Yeah. We've got to wrap it up. One thing we do want to highlight because of the interview with uh, Mike Ballou from New Look Painting, mm-hmm. we wanted to highlight something on our webpage at repcolite.com. We'll help you find a contractor. Yeah. So if you're struggling to find even names to start and you don't want to Google them right. because you just don't know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Go to repcolite.com. There's a quick little form you can fill out. Tell us what you're working on a little bit of information and then we'll get you two or three names of some contractors you can contact and then ask them all the questions Mike told you to ask. Right. If you want to listen to this episode again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. 
I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Betsy Thompson. Remember, if you're about to lose your DIY sanity, we can help you fix that crazy. And no matter what's going on in your toilet, uh-huh. we're here <laughs> we to help are. you get it better and get it shining and get it to the point where you could eat right out of that bowl. We're doing a little bowl busting. little bowl busting. Thanks for listening.